Okay, Crypt Keepers, let's, let's, let's dial it back. It's not Halloween yet. Why didn't the skeleton cross the road? I don't know. He didn't have the guts! <laughs> Thank you, Keeper. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining some, like, just the ideal kind of life of just someone who just talks like that nonstop. Like, that's... Yeah. Imagine just, just a, oh. someone who's who's just someone who's just like that, just like all the time. There's not put. They're not doing a bit. They're just like that. A whole species of crypt keepers, of ghouls. Just that's how ghouls talk. They just say they just say I don't know morbid puns. Yes, exactly. It's just that's just how they talk. I don't want to profile ghouls or anything, but like I don't know. I've only ever met the, the ones that make really bad puns. All right, hold on. I we already have the title of the episode. Racially profiling ghouls. Oh, jeez. Man, <laughs> can that not be the title? I'd rather it be something funny and cute. I don't want to know. You're lucky I didn't make the title of the last episode a Goblin Fairy Macro Micro Play. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you got me there. Th you know what? Yeah, everybody, Joey, Joey gets one. Kai gets one. Gets a I get one. You get one fucking bad title. <laughs> No, we've had plenty of bad titles, and we've had plenty of bad jokes. Like, I remember, this is still something that sticks out in my mind, vividly, is when me and Laser recorded the very first episode of the podcast, and we were talking about DuckTales. This is when the the, the, the reboot oh, was still no, airing, right? Oh, no, did you, did you talk about the, the, the thing? What thing? The, 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 the screw... No, what are you talking about? But ducks having corkscrew. Oh no! Oh no! 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 God no! No, we were we made a joke about um how Glomgold was a palette swap of Scrooge McDuck in the old show, and they made him more of a character, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, yeah, basically, um, uh, Glomgold is the Akuma to Scrooge's Ryu. That is then, that is not worse than Goblin Pixie Micro Macro. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about worse. I'm just talking about funny. I'm just talking about silly. 
and, and just like dumb jokes we've made on the show. And then I did a bit about fucking Glomgold. <laughs> you can't stop me, Scrooge. I have the power of the Shun Goku Satsu. <laughs> the Satsu no Hado. <laughs> It has the same fucking that has the same fucking energy as like, what's it? Last Marvel versus Capcom game, Infinite. The end. Oh yeah, when fucking when fucking Thanos. He's like no, it's like lady uses the fucking Satsu. You know how? Yeah, it's fun, for those that don't know anything about, I guess Marvel and or Capcom. Thanos, big purple oh, guy. He's in love with the concept fuck. of death. Who's a bad bitch from the death world. For, not my words. That's just that's what it says right on the wiki, right there. Bad bitch from Death World. <laughs> Bad bitch from Death World. And to appease Lady Death and make her, you know, wooed, he's like, "Hey, Lady hey, Death, you you've evaded me before, but how can can you stand the Satsui no Hado?" And then he just glows with Akuma <laughs> energy. His hands start glowing with purple energy. And we, it's fucking. You may ask, stupid. did you learn it from sort? No, he just. Found Ryu, got him mad, took his Satsui no Hado juices, put it in a jar, and just, I don't know, saved it for later. Put it in the fridge, labeled it, made sure it didn't expire. Yeah, yeah, drank that shit like it was estrogen. Is that what... Is that what this... You know what? Nah, I don't even... No, is is girl juice the Satsui no Hado? Maybe. Girl girl (laughs) lunch, and it's the soul of your enemies as you defeat them in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, that's girl dinner. Wahoo. Yippee. God, what what have you been doing? What have you been doing since um, the last episode? Uh, fucking me and Adrian uh, caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen. Go Gotsu Gotsen, oh my god. Go Gotsu Kusen? Yeah, go Gotsu Gotsen. Or if you hate it, Flop Flopsu Flopsen. I'm making words up. Makoto Kusanagi. Makoto Matoka Kusanagi of the the, the Eighth Division. I, I forgot the name. We're making too many references here. How's JJK doing for you? Uh, JJK still fucking good. Mappa does not need to keep going this hard. Yeah, I saw they made that. What is it? They made that salary man. They made that business guy. They give him some 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 steaks. <sighs> give him some ham hocks. <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. Where's that? Where's that Yu-Gi-Oh clip of just? Na- na- Nanami, that scene with Nanami. I don't know if you saw that comparison shot someone made on Twitter of that scene. Where, in the the manga, Nanami just like grabs that dude's head, but Mappa decided, no, 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 Nanami's gonna yank this fucking Twink's ponytail, and then also just be like flexing his entire fucking like. Abd, just everything. Get like every muscle, every fucking muscle. It should have been me, not him. It's not fair. It's listen. I'm 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 not complaining. I fucking Nami is hot. I know so. it should have been. That should be my hair being pulled. It should it should be me. I want that to be me. Ah, oh, God. When I say I want this twink annihilated, I'm the twink. I'm I'm the hypothetical <laughs> twink, the Schrodinger's twink. Except I'm not a twink, but whatever. I think you could have a twinkish soul. A heart that experiences joy as a twink would. In your own way. We all have, yeah. we all have, we all have the, the, those pixie-esque qualities. We're all pixies and, and, and things and such. Magic is in right. the heart. 
Yeah. The magic of twinkdom is in your heart and the soul. The magic of twinkdom is in your heart. That that's a better title than fucking <laughs> Google racial profiling. Well, yeah, considering it's fucking no. Well, you know what? If the episode is only we're only five minutes in, so like, well, we might find we'll something. Well, fine. Else. I'll say something stupid. Don't worry. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll say something very stupid. Um, yeah, and then the last episode was the uh, fight with uh, Yuji and the, uh, the the last Cursed Wound painting. Chozo, yeah. Yeah, Chozo. Fucking, that fight was so fucking good in the anime. Also more just dude service because I remember, I remember, I'm actually, I remember reading, that was a little bit of JK I read before I just got, like, just, got, like, just lost track. Which is, oh yeah, no, right. he, gets, he gets kind of a stomach in, like, the manga. In the fucking just show, we just see his whole fucking cum gutters. We just see his yep. whole fucking just abs and everything. They they just I think they rip a little bit more just to like really just really get get the audience like like asking questions about titillated about him and, and themselves. I'm not asking questions about myself. I know what I want. There's prime yeah, prime ribs right there. Ooh, God. Prime ribs. I'm gonna coat them in sauce. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about about about. about... Wait, wait. Nobody even knows this show was gonna be about. If they just read the title. Oh, I'll say what I. Did anything else happen your week? By the way. Uh yeah, JJK. Um. <clears throat> I finally, finally, got to see um. Kong Skull Island and Kong versus Godzilla. Ooh. Well, what'd, so, what'd you think? Uh, they're really good. It's just my main issue with Kong versus Godzilla is that that's not a Godzilla movie. That's a Kong movie guest starring Godzilla. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to think because I, 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 I never watched Kong Skull Island because I'm more just the Goji fan. And anything, and I, it felt even to me. I guess I guess I don't know. It felt more like just a wrestling plot line because that's what it is. Well, I mean that's kaiju movies. Like we said, we had our setup. We had our first fight of of of, of, yeah. of Godzilla winning. Second fight was like interrupted, and then spoilers. Just the team up for or the cool team up, and then just like ah, you know what. Yeah, I guess you're 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 pretty good. Yeah, you're pretty good, kid. Pretty good, kid. And then they do the fucking the ocelot snake, like bro, dude, gay handshake, and then fuck off to the other sides of the earth. And then like, there's a human plot or something. I guess I don't know. I mean, there's always a human plot, so whatever. Yeah, but this one was just oh fuck, Kong and Godzilla are fighting. What the fuck do we do? To oh fuck, big problem. I mean, as long as the human plot is entertaining, I kind of don't really care. Yeah, no. I think it's more just because I remember Godzilla 2014's human plot was... Ugh. Nothing. <sighs> like, instead of following uh, Brian Cranston, who was the more interesting character, we follow his boring nothing soldier boy son. Wasn't Billy Bobby, Bobby Brown also in that one, or am I making it up? Uh, Billy Bobby Brown was in the second one. That's how literally you remember from 2014. Huh. Damn. Yeah, 2014 was way better. Like 20, like, uh, the 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 second one was way better. The, second the, one, yeah, 20, yeah 2014 is the first is the first one. King of the Monsters is the second one. 
because it has yeah it, ha- it just has all the monsters show up but it has burning godzilla which i burning godzilla yeah it's just it's that one i think is the best of those like in the godzilla side and for kong like skull island was really good actually yeah, actually what do you think about it? i only know i only know one scene from that and it's the fucking really dumb one which one uh what's it i think one of like a, like a spider a big one of those giant bugs going after him and one of the characters who was like an asshole for the whole movie is like doing a heroic sacrifice and he fucking beefs it so bad. The other one I'm talking about where he's like, he's got to take the fucking spire with him. He has grenades. Oh, no, no. You're what you're thinking of is um <clears throat> the when they're being chased by the last skull crawler. Uh, not the spider. It's like a big lizard thing. Um, and also he's not an asshole. He's actually kind of a fun character. He's just kind of like blase. And he tries to make the cool, like, I'm going to throw my, I'm going to hold out the grenades to, like, make the monster eat me and then blow myself up instead of the monster eating him and just smacks him with his fucking tail and sends him flying into a close side and then he blows up. It's really funny because I think you can even see his spine snap. Yeah, you can. And then he just... There's a lot of fucking gory, brutal deaths in that movie. Huh. Well, shoot. Now maybe I gotta give it a check out because all I've been watching, like... Segwaying into what I've been doing, teehee, of I watched The Meg and The Meg 2. Oh. You ever you ever think of this this term of anti-media? Of just you watch it and it's done and you go, that was two hours. You could feel the time passing. That... But it didn't leave any impression whatsoever. Okay, well, no, that's maybe I'm being too harsh because it left impressions, but only because I was watching it with friends. If I was alone watching the Meg, I would have done something fucking else. You would have fallen asleep. I would have fallen asleep. That's sleeping movies. But yeah, Meg One, which is based on like I suppose a bestseller like sci-fi novel, is about a megalodon. They're back. It's back in the ocean. Jason Statham has to go to China. Chinese waters help the Chinese scientists and you know this movie was partially funded by like a Chinese production company well I want to remind you every fucking step like second because it's he's there he's, he's like some kind of okay, he's some kind of like marine expert but not like for fish just for like being in like submarines uh, a bunch of other actors are there that have no reason to be there not because they're bad but because it's like they're just my friend said it best. This movie felt like it was made in 2009 because it has fucking... What's his name? The guy who played Dwight from The Office. Yeah. And the the Japanese dude from Heroes. Like, literally, like, NBC stars of the of the early aughts are the main cast of this, show, of this movie. And it feels, like, outdated. Even though it came out almost, like, I think three... Five, no, five years ago. Five years ago. It's relevant because there's a kid actor... Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The other plot line that's really dumb because it goes to the second movie is that Jason Statham falls in love with like a marine biologist lady. She's like the daughter of the head researcher, and they have like a sort of like fun, like a neat little relationship. Like, oh yeah, no, he's not that bad. She's 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 trying her best to get together, kind of. She has a she has a she has a small daughter. She's raising on her own. Cut to movie <laughs> two, beginning of it. Man, I miss mom. Yeah, I miss your mother too. It's a shame what happened to her. They don't specify how she died or anything. Uh, Real-world information was she wanted to raise in her contract and got kicked off the movie. 
Wow. Yeah. She wanted just maybe that's the assumed thing, but like yeah, movie two just it's simultaneously worse because it has less like interesting things. There are good stuff. There's like a sea. There's like a there's a death in that movie that is not shark related. It is ocean related. Right. And it's like actually really good and really tragic because of like the way it's presented. Of, I guess I'll just say what it is because it's not worth it. But there's a scene where these characters are in there. They're, they're like there's a crack in someone's like pressure suit, and so they're literally in the bunker depressurizing, but it's going so slow that by the time like they're almost there, the suit just caves in and they're just they just rapid Crushed. rapid depressurize. It's horrifying. It is yeah, actually. You, you, did you see when they tested that shit on Mythbusters? It's it was exactly like that, but like ten times worse because they have like you just see the lady's face and like her conf- she's not even like knows it's about to happen. She's just confused, like, "Hey, am I all right?" And then just that's it. Splat. It's ridiculous. It's too good for that movie. And then the second good part was one of the comedic relief characters, DJ, uh, who's just the funny, funny black science nerd, has a really dumb joke about not knowing how to swim in the first movie. And then in movie two, he steps the fuck up. Like, he pulled, like, he, like, was it someone, like, what was it, him and another character are running away from these, like, armed guards, and they try to jab him in the throat or something. He fucking parries that shit, leg sweeps, and there's, like, a fucking roundhouse kick, and pulls out a deagle and goes, what happened to you? It's like, I did some training, man. Nobody's gonna catch me. No sharks, no man, nothing. And he just actually starts getting, like, like, getting cool, and he gets, like, two confirmed kills on, like... Because Meg 2's whole promise is that there's, like, Megalodons and prehistoric... It's a fucking mess. He shoots, like, a weird giant iguana with poison bullets. It's... <laughs> no! No, literally, he's like... No! <laughs> like, no, he gets the coolest shit! And it's, like, when you're watching Jason Statham, who can't fucking act... I'm sorry, he can't. And, like... No, he can't. And, like, his... I want to say slightly, like, much more emotive, like, second role, probably her, of her, no, not actually, no, this is a child actor who's done a lot of roles, but the, like, the girl playing his, like, surrogate daughter, like, sound, like, feels like she's just type, like, pigeon-held in that role, and everyone else is just doing an okay job, and then, like, the guy playing DJ, who I think the biggest thing he did beforehand that I know of, that the show I know of was Blue Mountain State, like, the football show, which I, I remember hearing is a very funny show, so I could, he has that, that comedy, like, experience, but having the funny guy from movie one become a badass movie two, and literally have a shot like at the end with him telling his like like Usopp style telling his stories of how he beat the shark by himself to all these like sexy ladies in bikinis, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm rooting for that guy. Why couldn't that have been our action star? Yeah. Why could that? Why was it yeah. Jason Statham and his dumb like I don't know, it was, like nothing burger movie. I just want to play about it, but also talk about, like, yeah, there are two good scenes. Deep Sea Pressure death scene from just being horrifying, and DJ as a character from movie one and two. Yeah, um, I do want to... You want to talk about that thing where, like, a eclectic cast, circling back to Kong Skull Island, fucking Sam Jackson, John Goodman, and John C. Riley are in this fucking movie? Like... Like... I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you. John C. Riley's character kind of steals the entire show. Really? Yeah, he's the best character in the movie. Yeah, because he always te- he always to be plays the places like just 
the goofy guy. He has like that like. Does he? Have, it's not like a lisp. He has like the very distinct like way, like that, that sort of this, like distinct voice that puts him in, like, oh yeah, he's gonna be like the big guy, the funny guy. Sometimes the big dumb guy, and then and this, and this and that one does he play something a little different, a little bit more like. Uh, the the deal with his character in this movie is that he is a uh, World War Two pilot who crash landed on Skull Island. Oh, he got like did he get like time capsule or something? Yeah, basically he's been there for twenty two years. Oh, and he crash landed there with another pilot who was a Japanese pilot. Um, and honestly. I kind of am sad that I didn't get to see their story leading up to the movie. Because, like, the way he tells it, they were obviously, you know, on the opposite sides of the war. And they were enemies and they were trying to kill each other when they first landed on the island. But then they ended up becoming, like, the best friends ever. They had the RRR fucking, just, like, brothers. They became blood brothers. Oh, that's, okay, that, I, I fucking... And he and his before the the team in the movie comes, he his friend tragically died. Yeah, that um that needs a prequel. I'm sorry, IDW no, comic dudes who have Godzilla rights. If you're listening to this lone podcast of ghoul racism and the Meg, at least give these guys like just something. Anybody that sounds see now I want to watch the movie now because that just sounds neat. It does. It, he's it's really cool. Like he has this like one scene where like he he's looking over his friend's grave and it's like this really like sad scene of how they promised that they would leave together and he takes his his friend's family katana with him as like a a keepsake of his memory and then he uses it to fucking kill one of the monsters. <laughs> That's kind of sick. Now, like, like when you said Philly Katana, I was like, "That's a little like excessive," but like, no, we did. That no, wraps around. They, they no, carried I... katanas in World War Two. They did. Fuck, World War Two was like, that, that was like, like legitimate. Like a lot of um, a lot of um, old Japanese steel and katanas from way back when were recommissioned into like military weapons during World War Two. Yeah, I just fucking just don't think about like the use of swords and sabers in like move in like in like warfare anymore which i mean yeah world war Two was weird yeah I, I, everything in the kitchen sink baby everything in the kitchen sink yeah but what would end up happening is is a lot of them were like usually family heirlooms or artifacts or whatever a lot of them some of them were lost like a lot of people believe that that's what happened to the the lost uh masamune was that it was like the actual uh, fucking masamune like the, the 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 missing Masamune, yes, the the famous one. You know what that, that is? That's a fucking mm. F. That's a fucking fate plot line right there, ready to happen. Well, I mean, we already have Muramasa. We just don't have Masamune. Um, but Masam the the lost Masamune, the the Sengo, or is it the it's the it's either the Sengo Mas yeah Sengo Masamune. Yeah, the the lost one. It's either the lost Masamune or the lost Muramasa. I can't remember, but it's a it's a very famous uh, sword from Japanese history that is among one of the uh, the Meito blades oh. that you know was lost to time. Nobody knows. Like we knew it existed, and we knew that it was in a museum and displayed at one point, but 
um, it was most likely lost uh, during the war. No one knows what happened to it. What an informative episode today. I'm just I'm learning stuff about. Yeah, no, there, it's it's a it's a cool little factoid. The little bit of history. There's like a lot of mystique around the sword, like, and that's that's kind of where some of the legends about it come from. Is that it was like impossibly sharp and like mysterious and it might have been cursed and all they can all tell the shit that comes from the idea of a, a missing masterwork sword you know yeah you could say a lot of impossible things happen somewhere but what if impossible things and creepy stuff happened in nowhere nowhere <laughs> fuck you god damn it no, that was good. my that was my segue, but no 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 that's, no that's good that's good. You can that's feel good. the iceberg just crunching on on the on the girders here of of, of this. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. That funny pink ass pink dog, courage the cowardly dog. That's what we're here for, everybody. Yep. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna do a little, and then we're gonna get back to courage the cowardly dog and write write the sec. We interrupt this program to bring you Courage the Cowardly Dog Show, starring Courage the Cowardly Dog. Abandoned as a pup, he was found by Muriel, who lives in the middle of nowhere with her husband, Eustace Bang. But creepy stuff happens in nowhere. It's up to Courage to save his new home. Stupid dog, you made me look bad. And welcome back. Welcome, my dark overlords, to the animation acme thing. It I forgot the words. Mm-hmm. Do not yeah. destroy me, master. I will do better next time. Be glad that I do not smote you now, Igor. Anyway, <clears throat> Cards of the Cowardly Dog was uh, a originally released on Cartoon Network. Uh, back in the grand old time of 1999, uh, and ran for four seasons, all the way till 2002. It originally actually appeared on Cartoon Network's What Are Cartoon block as a sh little short called Courage and the Space Chick and the Chicken from Space uh, back in 1994. And that short was actually so good that it almost got a uh, an Emmy for best animated short, but lost to Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, well, that's your competition. The other important dog from 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 the Ingalands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Courage the Kelly Dog is the brainchild of Mr. John R. Dilworth. What a weird guy. <laughs> what a. F I think he's an entertaining and fun guy. I I think he's like the animation equivalent of like Yoko Taro or like or like Swery of just this dude who just likes everything. He's and is always excited. He, no, he's kooky but in a fun way. He's excited no, he about new things. I agree. No, he totally is. He's like he, he's like a weird, kooky, eclectic kind of guy. He has the these vibes. Like you see his fucking like when you look at the Wikipedia article from him, the fucking uh, the the image of him is fucking. Hold on, let me get it. I'm gonna post it here. 
but it's he's just a like kind of weird guy he is someone's funky uncle i know that for a fact oh yeah he's the energy of a funky uncle absolutely like just just didn't, like see this ah that's 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 the fucking picture they have of him on the Wikipedia. I I don't know how I don't know how to say this in a nice way or like a, a I guess that would be a bad way to say it. Like he looks like his art style. Yeah. Like he a, exudes his own energy in a perfect way. If if Baki characters have like their 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 strength power auras, he has his kooky wacky weirdness auras. Yeah. That's what that's John that's that's John R. Delworth. Mm-hmm. What a fun what a fun fellow. It's 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 a fun little fun little photo. And of course we have our awesome voice cast, which is not oh not the familiar like LA no. talent we know from like Cartoon Network prior, so no no yeah, Cassie no Cavadini's, no Tara Strong's, no E. G. Dale I'm listening to the Powerpuff Girls cast. I don't know why I'm only doing that, but you yeah. know what I mean. No Tom yeah, Kenny's got... or what Yeah, yeah. Fucking, we've got Courage is voiced by Marty Grabstein. Muriel is voiced by Thea White. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, Eustace is voiced by Lionel Wilson from episodes 1 through 33, and then Arthur Anderson is from episode 34 to 52. And then in the movie, he was voiced by Jeff Bergman. Uh, and we have several. Re- like recurring because like this show doesn't have like a a bunch of like recurring casts other than the three of them but it has like a rotating door of like voice actors uh like paul show paul Schofler does so many fucking voices in this show he's the computer he's the newscaster he's freaky fred he's dr vindaloo which mm, you know this show ain't perfect uh Hey, you know, it's a good thing we wasn't in that in that movie, so Yeah, uh he also is Cats and he's La Quack. La Quack. <laughs> I am La Quack. <laughs> he voices like half of the fucking villains in this show. He was also Zalost. Wow. And the the snowman. I assume he did all the impressions too. Was he was he Randy the robot too? Um Let me see. I just wanna make reindeer. I don't wanna destroy. Why does mm-hmm. no one understand me? Yeah. I love that episode a lot. Just Oh uh, no, it's Peter Fernandez who did Robot Randy. Okay. You, you know who my favorite like uh character is in fucking mm-hmm. at least like not like major like, character, but like, like one-off one character. Like a one-off, like we of the week character. Uh, fucking, it's then it's Bushwick, but don't call me Schwick, just Bushwick. Oh, you're under arrest, Bushwick. It's Schwick. Wick, just, just Schwick. Schwick. You bent my squeegee. You see these bones? You wanna know what made these bones? You don't wanna know what made these bones. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's that's the average New York roach. They like that. That's just how it is. You, now bring me, get me my package, or the Sitha lady gets it. God, there's a lot of good. Like, I guess if we want to start, just 
because of how eclectic and big the cast is for like one-off characters, Courage has a lot of good ones. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the fucking the King of Flan. Bye, Fantasy Flan. Bye, Fantasy Flan. Uh, the Great Fusili, voiced by Jim Cummings. How? No. Brown. Cow. Robot Randy. The Evil Eggplants. Yeah, they're all the evil bananas from the year 3000. That's one thing that I just cannot get over with this fucking show is, like, John just was like, Fuck it. I'll do whatever the hell I want. One episode, I'm gonna do of a fucking... Something about a lady in a puddle who wants to eat you. Then I'm gonna do an episode about a talking tree. And then I'm gonna do one about a sand whale who wants to get his goddamn accordion back. Fucking, hey, you like, you like the exorcist? We're doing that, but with a mattress. An evil mattress. And oh. fucking uh, an evil a duck who is pretending to be a psychiatrist. Or a god who's a goose who falls in love with Eustace's truck. Or another goddess who loses a dog that does not look like courage at all except for color and tone. And then has a storm cloud following her and there's a giant dog. But that one was a little bit messy. But like, it was a Muriel episode. It was a little messier, but you know. Or, Just... yeah. Anything in the kitchen sink just goes there, and it makes for just... Not always, like... I want to say inconsistent. That's the thing, is that it's inconsistent, but that's, like, the fun of it, is you never know what's next. It kind of does whatever the fuck it wants. Like, obviously, it has, like, its focuses, like... Horror, and, like, pulpy, uh, kind of weird, uh... Weird tales. like from Weird like tales, the- yeah, that's kind of its vibe. But it also kind of just does whatever the fuck it wants in general, but that's sort of its most of its focus and and obviously like slapstick comedy you know those like three things you know the the best episodes are the ones where where there's not really an inherent monster it's just courage befriends a friend and then something like silly happens or something just kind of tragic happens case in point the last star makers you know it I know it it's the saddest episode in the whole show one of the saddest because there's a lot more because John R. Dilworth that cookie guy is like you know what what if I had this funny show but then every once in a while I get serious and it makes you cry but it makes yeah. you feel good it makes you cry again and make you feel good and I did that five or six times you know we you know what we we should go in sort of like let's go down from season to season some of like the most standout episodes from each season yeah, if you have a list, for like pull them up because. Oh uh, yeah, the the hold on, I'll go. Here's a list of, fucking the episodes. Um, let's do the let's, let's do the ser- those serious ones because like those are the ones that like. I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, well, we, don't see, you know, we don't have to. Do this. I, I I know. There are some. I'm, I want to talk about all of the episodes that are fun and good and stand out, just in general, you know. Because C- we don't have to talk about them all in detail. We can just like say which ones we really yeah. like. Oh my and, god, wait, the, the Shadow of Courage was the second episode? Yeah, it was. That one's really good. It is. It's a that one's episode. ridiculously good because, like, I remember I, I, I remember how that one starts off of just, like, yeah, no, someone actually fucking dies in that one. Yeah. 
and because he's so just lonely and, and pathetic, his shadow is all that's left, so it becomes a dude. Starts playing pranks, and it's like, oh, it's gonna be like a funny monster. And then no, halfway through, it's like, oh no, courage. Tries to explain. Doesn't he like, try to teach it like how to like not be an asshole or? Yeah, and then it becomes a shadow of a star. See you in the funny papers, kid. And it, it, yeah, no, that was the first time like one of those episodes like had like a really like kind of bittersweet ending to it. I legitimately think the very first episode, A Night at the Cat's Motel, is such a like perfect primer for what courage is. It's fun. No, it's genuinely there's funny gags and actual abject horror. People with arachnophobia steer clear of this actually because it's a spooky some... episode. Like as a kid, that this episode spooked me. It gave me I'm a little. Of a no, spook. no I, I get creeped out by because some of those close-ups are just like actually fucking invasive as fuck. Gave me a it gave me a frighten. And uh, fucking. And then you had the the banger one two after that of uh, the Haunter mattress and Freaky Fred. What? Courage. Courage. Could I ask for a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> that episode's so fucking good. It's 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 the per it's just the Exorcist. But you give it in a family-friendly package, we keep the scares, and it's just a... It's just it's a mattress. It's just a mattress, and, like, I, it was also, actually, kind of legitimately a little spooky. It, like, the, when they're bringing in the mattress, and, like, you see the face on it, and the lighting of, like, all with the greens and, and, and stuff, it's actually kind of spooky. So it's, it's a little bit of a spook. And, uh, obviously the thing that sticks out of my mind, and it'll, ne it'll never leave. Hullabaloo and howdy-doo, musty prawns and Timbuktu, kick him in the dishpan. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Like, you saying that activated nascent memories, I for- oh my god. Kick him in the dishpan, hoo-hoo-hoo. Hoo! <laughs> And then fucking Freaky Fred is such a memorable episode. It, it, fucking, you know a show is good when it, season one is like, you know what? Here's an episode where we're going to just change the format and have it be a POV from the, from the monster of the week. Just some weird guy who just Love really shit. likes cutting hair. I was very naughty. He's like, that's. He's just crazy because he likes hair. He's not like, like I think John O'Donnell was like, like said in, in interviews, like, yeah, no, there's nothing like wrong with him. He just really, really, really likes shaving hair. It it's just an obsession, and it's kind of a problem. Like, like, imagine if you're sitting on the subway, and you see someone with like a really nice head of hair, and you just have the sudden urge to pull out a razor and just start shaving them. <laughs> that might cause issues. Oh god, that's right. I remember this episode because I'm not gonna say how old I was when I watched it to not turn you into a bag of dust. Uh-huh. But when I did see it at that young nascent age, I was just terrified of barbers. <laughs> I was ter No, actually actually I couldn't get my hair cut well this is a common story. Kids like don't like getting their hair cut like without crying. But I genuinely thought that it was like 
I was just gonna get shaven. So what my mom did was take me to a hair stylist, who like they use scissors more than just like actual razors. This so, must have been the most terrifying thing in existence for little baby Jank. It was. I had a. Well, actually, in hindsight, great childhood. My hair looked amazing as a kid. Mm-hmm. Just because I went to a stylist instead of a barber, and now I still go to a stylist. My long, flowing, robotic locks. Yeah, yeah, they're like metal shavings. Yeah, yeah, they're like that. God damn it. God damn it, I No, I didn't think of metal shavings as hair. Now I got... Damn. That's a good one. I'm fucking galaxy brain over here, man. What else is in season... Wow, oh, literally season one, you think it plays its whole freaking hand, because it's just banger after banger. King Ramsey's Curse is in season one. Return the slab. Now this episode, this episode scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I, you don't have to tell me. That was the one I always wanted to avoid as a kid. I, Again, nascent jank memory. Aunt's house. I see the tile card for it. I remember what happened in it. I hid behind the fucking couch. Yeah, I, I also did this. I did that. Fucking the, the just that, that weird fucking off-kilter CG and how much he stands out and just that voice... It, it, it's freaky. It, it, it doesn't feel like he should be in the show. It's... Again, this John Dilworth is just a fucking genius because he pro- he knew at that time, oh, yeah, CGI looks weird and creepy. What if I played into that? Use it. Use the weird, the weird Beast wars Yeah. Use uh, the weird, like, the, 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 the ugly 3D. <laughs> Make it freak people out. Make it, use the uncanny valley to your advantage. Give him, give him eyelids. Give him, give him human texture. F- fucking bring someone over to the edge of a cliff and kick them into the uncanny valley. God. And also, funny fun fact: John John voices Ramses in this episode. It's fucking, of course. Yeah. Sava and- God knew it. He knew he'd be fucking a bunch of kids' brains up with 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 with, with horror visions, and giving them. Yep. Well, just the, I guess the appreciation of horror because nowadays. I feel like I feel like like that episode is the pipeline uh, that leads into like creepy pasta ARG theorist person who like oh god mm-hmm. oh god I'm just, then, no, no, I'm, I, I just like that oh god you know I just this is a sidebar we forgot to talk about the amazing digital circus but you know. I feel like that. I feel like that show wouldn't exist without 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 no, it wouldn't, King Ramses. It wouldn't, uh, we forgot to could, in our weeks. We could have talked about the Amazing Digital Circus. Hey, everybody, listen to this. Go watch the Amazing Digital Circus. It's good. It's funny. The it's three is, funny. is 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 scary, unintentional sometimes too. Just like this show. It's it's actually the animation is fantastic. It does suffer from the fact that it's a pilot and it's trying to do a lot, but it's a pilot, so whatever. Go watch it. Anyway. Everything good. Cut. Go. Courage. Uh, courage. Um, and then right after King's Ramsey, also the other, th- the other thing about King's Ramsey's curse, is this was it was a short played at the beginning of Scooby Doo and the Alien Invaders. Funnily enough. Gee, jeez. Yeah. No. I that was a horrible day. I think because I remember being scared of of that episode, 
and having a nightmare about the aliens, thinking that, that my parents were, were going to turn into them. Yeah. And then, and then, no, literally I had a dream of my parents took off their heads, revealed that they were the aliens, and then I think it ended with them taking the heads off saying it was a prank, which I thought was really messed up as a kid, and then I woke up. And then fucking, uh... But the thing that the thing that I think stands out the most about this episode and is truly the most horrifying. The man in gauze. The man in gauze. The man in gauze. King Ramses. The man in gauze. The man in gauze. The man in gauze. It's, it's like no. Is one of the most memorable up, memorable episodes. That was the coast is clear moment. Where it was like, oh, that song plays. The episode's almost over. It's funny now. I can watch it. And also, like, yeah, in hindsight, like. John was like, yeah, no, we're not really. John and the writing staff were like, yeah, let's not make him too scary. So they like, when Courage yeah. gets past the second to last trial, he just goes, oh, come on. Come that's on, like, man. that's funny. Almost kind of. Yeah, I'll say it. Almost kind of cute. There you go. I'll say it. I'll say it. I don't care. Watch your yeah. offer. And then right after Ramsey's. We have, like, two more iconic episodes. One for introducing the fucking, the foot fungus. The mobster the big, foot fungus. The big fucking, it's the big fucking foot, right? Or the toe? Yep. I forget. Big, he's the big foot, and then all of, like, he's he's the big, I'm the big toe, see? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, and, the, and the, just the bit of just, when he ever wants to hit the last, so he just knocks them all, like, bonk, Three bonk, Stooges bonk, style. Bonk. God. Yep. And after... The clutching foot. It's is... a giant foot, by the way. It's a giant fungus foot, by the way. That's 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 it's the a... threat here. It's very gross. We, uh, it is gross, but just like you don't realize that because it's like, oh yeah, it's just a weird looking character. It's like, no, that's just a giant foot with fungus. And then that's the solution. The solution to beat it is courage has to lick it. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. Another courage makes a friend episode. Hunchback niceness. of nowhere. Just a hunchback pastiche, but I want to say like a some stuff happens in the original hunchback that's you know a little extreme. This is just about you know beauty yeah. in the eye of the beholder. Don't judge a book by its cover. Good people will find good people. Yeah. And then oh yeah, the, the goose episode. There's the black puddle episode if you want to talk about those i do like that episode but you know i think the next episode out of all of these that really stands out is the heads of beef because that that the heads of beef is such a f creepy f episode but it's a fake out it's all, yeah it's all it is they're just you know yeah you think like oh no they're the pig people they're gonna make a, uh, people burgers like no they just make burgers Yep. I think they, I think they reused that, like the, like one of the, one of the, like the husband, in like a dino shot, like next season. They did. They reuse a lot of character models, but like as like a, you know. Yeah. They just, they just do. No, it's just like that. I think one of the best. I think one of the last really good episodes in season one is the Great Fusili. Because that oh, episode yeah, oh, is yeah. fucking creepy. Oh yeah, that's right. Everyone was. Oh, that's the one with all the fan theories because of how it ends with Eustace and Muriel are still puppets and mm -hmm. everyone just saying, like, every season afterwards, they're still puppets. Yeah. Which, no, it's just a cartoon. It's just a cartoon. Get over yourself. 
just a drawing, dude. Just a draw. Make it Relax. easy. It's just a drawing. The, the, really, oh my god, yeah. Look at look at season two now, and look at the premiere date. Holy crap! Two thousand October thirty first. They knew. They knew. And then we start strong with fucking the magic tree of nowhere and robot Randy. Two very two, good episodes. Two very good Courage Friend episodes. If you can divide up, it's like there's a Courage Friend episode, Courage Monster episode, and... Other. I'm trying to think of, like, and other. Just, like, weird. Just weird. Like, uh, Eustace being cursed by a rain cloud. A Eustace gets his comeuppance episode, I guess. There's plenty of those. Which just sort of loops into, like... I kind of make, like, a Venn diagram of it, and I'm sure it would, it would line around, but... Those two are really good. The magic trees, like, this message to Courage about, like... Yeah. Yeah. Literally just a good message about accepting loss and death from a talking tree with a weird-ass fucking... Literally a pre-recorded, like, mouth visual. And this... That tree be speaking some real shit. It's a fucking, um... It's the giving tree, you know? Literally. Yeah. And then, uh... We also got... We already talked about Courage in the big stinking city, but that's only memorable because of the fucking cockroach. Cock, funny cockroach. I was gonna say, Chris and Shirley's actually pretty good because it is a... Yeah, yeah. Just gets his comeuppance, but... It's a good one. The The yeah, end I... of it is very good of, like, him losing his glasses and looking the the broken mirror and seeing himself. Aw, King with no hat. That's, that's no good. The way his, like, his actor like, delivers that line is just so, like... No endearing. You don't hear Eustace, like... I'll get into later, but I, I like when Eustace, like, actually isn't a grouch the whole time. You get... Here's the thing. I empathize with Eustace. I don't sympathize with him. I empathize because I get why he's like that. He's when, old. When you, we, you, get, when you meet his mom, you get why he's like that. I, oh, God, that too. You get it. You understand why he's like that. And you're like, oh, I see. You were never loved as a child. <laughs> You know, what, you know what is kind of a stinker, and not just because of like the the, the just because of the bad like mental illness representation, family business. I never liked that episode. It felt like a weird setup, and it didn't really end anywhere. No, like, um, I think after that we get the next really. I think the next like episode that stands out to me is Human Habit Trail, because that fucking weird ass ending with the gerbil and the the water ski and it's so it's, what it's, even it's, is happening the os2 episode is crazy because we go from it's doc gerbil's world yep. it's doc gerbil's world to fucking just one of the most like melancholic i think it is an actual like no i don't remember now it's like a uh, generic track for like just like freeware stuff that you can use for anything it's been i've heard it be sampled in so many other fucking like things nightcore videos and, and ddr actually use, like use that i forget which version but yeah just funny little ha catchy itune to this just i don't even know what to call it like just imagine being a kid it's, it's fucking ave maria this. basically it's ave maria you're watching this no no sound but that and it ends some guy falling to his death it's like oh my god and it's like no it's a funny cartoon again we're back, it's, but it's so fucking weird, and I don't. It comes out of nowhere. Especially the sign is also pretty funny for just like absurdity. 
Mission, oh yeah, Mission to the Sun. Yeah, it's a weird one. And after that, I, I really remember uh, Evil Serpent of the River, but that's just because I like Carmen. The, the, the opera, you know. Oh, oh. That's the. the oh, that's the, what that. That's what that one's about. Yeah, it's, it's just she just really likes singing, the opera Carmen. I didn't really like because I never knew about Carmen at the opera before this episode, and I think also was the one that just never played, so I only saw it one time. So I know the general gist of it, like courage yeah. in river. She's she's that's why she's called Carmen because she's singing Carmen. And it's just a, it's just memorable for that, mainly. And then of course the <laughs> fucking Usus turns into a giant kangaroo episode. Okay, never mind. That's the yeah episode like nine in general or season season two episode nine so twenty two just never plays for me because the kangaroo I just fucking forget like it's such a weird fucking episode. You don't even know what he look. Let me look up. See, let me see what he looks like. Monster kangaroo. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh it's, yeah. That was, this just this just looks fucking ridiculous to me. Again, anything goes. Do whatever. Next episode, uh, or at least the first part of the next episode, I know fucking well as hell. Car broke. Phone yes. Car broke. Phone yes. Just just two brains try to steal. They still. No, it's not like a typical like I'm taking your brain. They they want to take your kindness. I. The one that I really like after um, the the kangaroo episode is the evil weevil. Oh, that one creeped me out. Yeah, that one's fucking creepy. It's so creepy, and the the voice that the weevil has is like I don't know something about it, right? And then uh, we have we end with like three really good ones: the House of Discontent, the Sandwell Strikes, and then the the Tower of Doctors Are Lost. You know, as the, as the speech go from from the head of like, if nothing grows, you must go, go, go. It's it's creepy. It's just such good. It's good horror, and then they keep the, like the levity in it. But whenever the head shows up, it's like, oh no, that's that thing's serious. It, it it'll it'll have that, and then in the same episode, it goes, you're not a farmer. And two are not. <laughs> having a fucking ridiculous ass argument and then we've talked about the Sandwell thing where it's just where it's just who who came up with this idea for an episode sand, it's, it's like okay sand like sand like fish creatures that's common okay Moby Dick allegories all right oh it's a, it's a accordion and then and then and how the episode ends with that weird jump cut at the end just to like I don't even know why that jump cuts there I think it was just the crew being like, you know what? Let's just fuck with these kids a bit. Like, let's let's, let's give one more one skin. Nothing really happened this episode, right? And we get the Tower of Doctors of Lost, which is the first two parter. Yeah, it is. I remember that it was the first two parter, and the step of just this guy who's so up, like just depressed and upset and unhappy with himself that he's like, you know what? I'm going to turn my negativity into balls and shoot these balls at people. No one is getting is happy today. If I can't be happy, no one can. You know, it's just a good episode. And um, season three. Hmm. 
I do like Courage. I do like Courage versus Mecha Courage a lot, actually. As much as I hate D Lung as a character. It, it. Yeah, we don't have to get into it, but you know, if you know, you know. I, all I can say is I don't think it was from a place of malice. Oh no, it wasn't. Just like the how Doctor Vindaloo wasn't. I I genuinely think that the, we don't have to get into it. We don't. Um, Ayo, Camp said. Oh yeah, Camp Sanitaire was a cute one. I like the, the I like the turnaround for just like, oh no, they're just they're just babies. Just little babies. Yeah. Hey. Uh, and we got fucking uh. I do remember. Dragsville. Yeah, Dragsville, baby. Velvet Vic, baby. I I, I genuinely say I've said that every once in a while when something like just gets like just, just go, doesn't go my way. And I'm just I just think of that to my head because it's just a funny way of him saying it. Yeah. Lots of good. Lots of good voice direction in this show. For just really good lines. I, I think uh, that was a. Oh yeah, that was what I was gonna say earlier. You mentioned that thing about uh, circling back to that thing you said about Eustace delivering that one line in the. Uh, the the curse of shirley episode when I mean, just that like boy needs a hat you know i i'm all of eustace's little like under his breath like grumbles and the way that his voice actor delivers them are so fucking good like it, the one that sticks out on my mind is it, it in my brain rent free it is when muriel's like would you like me to get those blue little blueberries you like and he's just like, well, I wouldn't mind if he did. I'm sort of hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, no, like, that's, that's someone who is, someone who, like, I know his actor at the time was, like, an older person, but also someone who knows how old, like, older people speak, and they use that to their advantage and get that, like, just that perfect fucking voice. It, it's, those little things are, can add so much to a voice performance. Like, anytime... I'm always, anytime, like, a character says something, like, in a, in a voice recording, and their character, like, does, like, a little sniff, that adds so much, because that, you know, little things like that can add so much, or, or I'm always thinking about, like, um, there's a, there's a scene in Beast Wars, uh, where Primal is having a conversation with Silverbolt. And I, it's one of my favorite little Gary Chalk things that he ever, like, the thing he ever does. Uh, when Optimus calls him out for going to talk with Black Arachnia, and he just goes, tell me I'm wrong. Hmm? Tell me I'm wrong, and I'll apologize. And that just little, that little, hmm? You know, like, you can feel the, like, hmm? That face he makes when he's doing it. You know what I mean? Voice acting is acting. Voice acting is acting. Um, after that, I really like Hard Drive Courage, because John was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do, like, this extended scene of, like, a weird CGI Courage, and do all this weird, like, camera shots, and, like, play in the space for a little bit. And it's gonna be for, like, twelve, like, ten seconds. And it's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it because I can. And then Denim, when he gets out of it, I'm gonna put, like, a fucking binary code texture over him, because I wanna do something weird. You know, I, can ima- I, can- I just imagine John Arjoas is the type of guy who's like, guys, guys, Scooby Doo just had a thing where he fought a computer virus. We need to get on that. Hold my beer. 
Oh, look at that. The, the, the deep sea episode is called Scuba Do Scuba Scuba Do. <laughs> it's. I'm telling you. I I had messaged I had, I had messaged you about this earlier, but I was right. This certain things in the future, let's say, haha, mystery, should have happened sooner. They should have. Um, after that, I do. I don't know if I would call it like an amazing episode, but Feast of the Bullfrogs sits in my mind a lot. I don't know why. Feast of the Bullfrogs. Where's that? That's uh seven A episode thirty three. Right after. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Dig pond. You dig pond now. New pond. You know that one. Oh yeah, and they and they have to just like they just start digging ponds and it's it's breaking their. Isn't it? Isn't it like the, the like the like the big crux of the like climax of it being like oh yeah uses and Mario have like big rocks put on them or something? No, no, it's um courage uses flypaper. Oh yeah. Yeah. I also remember tulips worm because it's just weird. Oh yeah, it is just weird, isn't it? Like, because it's two stuffed animals trying to go after the... the pet worm of this giant alien girl looks weird like she looks weirdly like realistic yeah. yeah oh next one is my f like favorite mm. so in louvre are we or are we two? Oh yeah that's a fun episode that one's really good because they're just they're just like you know what what if the thinker and mona lisa got together what if they fucked sorry 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 mr thinker mona lisa has a, a male wife his name is romani archman That's a joke only for me and you. Only. And, and the people who know Fgo. Um, I also really like, uh, after that, the Dome of Doom with the the evil carnivorous plants. That's pretty good. And then I think the one that really stands out uh, after that is the King of Flan. Bye, Fantasy Flan. Which is very obviously influenced by the uh, cult classic horror film, The Stuff. You see what I, you see what I mean? Of mm -hmm. like references to things. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a movie called The Stuff. Now I gotta see that and think this is fantasy fun. The, the, the stuff is way more horrifying because uh, it's like. It's called like it's like this marshmallow fluff shit, and it like if you it's eat... some like soy and green stuff, I assume, right? No, no, no. It, no. Like... It, the whole the whole it's not hypnotic. It like it'll like eat you from the inside out. Oh jeez, it's horrifying. It's like it's like fucking like it's got like blob the blob levels of like gore and like practical effects. It's great. Yeah, and then nothing else happened after that. No, we don't. No, no, nothing. No other episode came after that one. Um, and then we've got, I do really remember the Windmill Vandals. I was gonna say, I remember fucking Beaver's Tale because it just, the Beaver's whole, like, get, like giving it, just the whole, because it's not an enemy at Monster, it's more of a Beaver not doing its job to yeah. make a dam, which is Making a funny dam. to me. And then, like, just that line where, where, he, where he gets back to his, he's like, yeah, that's concrete right there. Concrete. Baby, it's concrete, baby. <laughs> I loved saying that as a kid. I don't know why. It was the it was the accent. 
Mm-hmm. It resonated with me. But yeah, Windmill Vandals, just that like that 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 little light motif they play when the when the vandals show up, and just how like creepy they are, hyper detailed they are too. Like just the rune stuff, it, it just feels like ooh, Spooky. it has a good vibe to it. Oh, I forgot a house called. I really liked that episode with the fucking evil, jealous killer house. It's Monster House before Monster House. Where is it? Oh, that's neat. I. Are we talking about Uncommon Cold, or is that one, like... Uncommon Cold? With the, with the I slugs. don't remember that one. Uh, I seek secure for Muriel's usual cold from some swamp slugs. Oh, well, that I, one! Yeah. I just want to talk about that one because of the fact that it directly us from Yorba mythology of fucking all things. Huh. Like, that's like an actual, like, mytho- like a mythological character. Oh, yeah! Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Um, and then... Let me think. What else? after that? Mm. I guess the most dangerous game in reverse. But dangerous game in reverse, and then, and then we get to the fucking episode, the one, the mass. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The mass, the episode go- that fucking. As much as I, there are. Ep- there are episodes that I have like more of an emotional attachment to, which we'll come, which we'll talk about later. But I think, objectively speaking, the mask is the best courage episode. Where do we start with the mask? I guess just like, because no, that opening shot is just so like Creepy. cool. It's just courage playing with Emma. He's playing with like a truck or something, because. The show likes to either characterize him as, as a child or a dog. It's a fun thing. Also, yeah, I love the detail of he's by himself. We just hear him talking. They always stand. I know that's he's sleeping. I think at the big. Be- oh, he's sleeping. He's napping, and then he just looks up and sees this weird, creepy mask lady in the middle of the fucking. And just since she starts beating to death with a sink. Yeah, like, actually, I think, don't we see that one of her hands, like, is a paw? Uh, do we yeah, not see we that? do, I think, a little. We do, so it's, it's... Is that, is that, like, for what it is, like, it's nothing crazy by our standards, but at the time, just all these, like, little, like, bits and pieces, it feels like an episode from, like, whatever more story-driven shows in the modern, like, the 2010s, like, current age. John... Era, where it has all these... John has mentioned multiple times that he is, like utterly flabbergasted that they let him get away with that episode because yeah like no it starts off as just oh yeah this crazy masked person hates cat hates dogs to um actual abusive relationships an abusive relationship between an evil dog and a girl named bunny who's a bunny and courage deciding because he's he's just a good guy a good boy to to get that buddy out of a relationship that bad relationship Revealing that she was actually in love with the... Well, we don't... They're good friends. They they were very good There was friends. no way they could have straight up said it back in the day. But John confirmed later on. Like, yeah, yeah, no, those girls were lesbians. Literally. Literally lesbians. But there was no way he could she have... Pulls out, she pulls out a little mouse toy for, for her cat girlfriend. And they play it on the train ride home. And are hugging. And, like, honest to God, like... Yep. They look like they're about to freaking kiss. Encourages just like, yeah, good for them. Good for good for them. The thing 
things I do for lesbian love. The things I do for lesbian love. You know what? That might love. be the title of the episode. There the we thing go. I do for the things I do for lesbian love. <laughs> you know, there's something fishy going on here. Uh, my name isn't Stinky Lulu, and thank goodness it's, it's not. not. Oh God! <laughs> it, no, it's. Yeah, no, and I'm looking at it now. That is a John episode, completely, entirely. John, that's John, one hundred and ten percent, baby. That's all John, and it's like, and then you really start to peel back the layers, and it's like, yeah, it's it's like it's abuse, but it's like it also portrays some like legitimate abuse tactics, where he says something horrible and then like hugs her and then like tells her it's going to be okay, and that's that's a uh, tactic that abusers like the the, the, the uh, community uh, we like to call love bombing, which is a form of gaslighting. Like, God, it's fucked up, bro. Uh, imagine this is a horrible, like, I guess analogy. Like, obviously, like extremes case because, but just imagine like knowing what that is and preventing it beforehand because of fucking courage. The cowardly dog explained the concept of love bombing and abusive relationships and lesbians. Also, the there's some other subtext that may not have been intentional, but people have sort of like and I sort of kind of like oh yeah no I could definitely see it is that bunny being a bunny could definitely be construed as playboy bunny sex worker and he says that line about I, you were enough you were a two-bit dame and I brought you from nothing that idea it's like oh she was a a, a prostitute Jesus Christ John yeah right Jesus, like that that, honestly, that that subtext might have not been intentional, but it's not too hard to read for it. I'm honestly glad that the that the, that the censors just like put all the yeah. Actually, no, they didn't because John just Stevens is like I don't know how they how they got how we got through with this. I'm glad it is the way it is because it's just perfect like that. Any more leaning into it, and it would just lose that like that. Just I want to say all of people like the ability to to be told to anyone. If you watched just one episode of Courage and it was this, you would not only get, like, the Courage, like, creepy, scary stuff and funny stuff, but just a genuinely, like, emotional story. Yeah. And something that like was, that... like, way Sorry. ahead of its time. Like, 2002. You couldn't get away with lesbians in a cartoon in 2002? You fucking kidding me? I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just skipping through episodes because we got another another D episode, another Ah, uh, there's used gets to skip up its episode. I really uh, after the mask, I think other than the final two, the one that stands out to me is uh two of them is the son from the chicken of outer space from chicken from outer space because, you know, it's it's coming it's lore, it's yeah. It's the lore and then the, the wrath beef of- has been squashed. Well, yeah, that and the I actually really like Wrath of a Librarian. That's a funny one. It's just a fun one. It's a fun, yeah. You know, spike, spike, and prickle, and prickle, and spike, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, right? spike. You know, yeah, that's a fun episode. But then we get to the final two episodes. Actually, is it final two or is it? Oh my, no! The final two, remembering no. the Courage Pass and Perfect. 
As I said before that, Jigoi Lawrence will last. Uh, everyone knows last of Star Maker. Last of Star Maker, like we said, it's the saddest fucking episode. Right? That's all it needs to be said. Go watch it. Go watch Last of it's, the Star Makers. I mean, I'd say I'd argue like maybe third because these these two are just like what a. Well, I've said they're just they're just they're just like emotional episodes. They're honestly, you couldn't have ended on two better episodes. If remembrance of Courage Past and Perfect. It's that homestuck line of, damn, what a mission that no one asked or whatever that sure got answered and solved of, where did Courage come from? And the answer is... Uh... Listen, <laughs> when we when I was re-watching, re-watching these episodes and we got to that, that scene of the flashback where Muriel saw him and was like, oh, you're out by yourself. What courage you have? I'll call you courage. I'm just like, I'm gonna fi- and then I fucking bawled my eyes out. It's, and it's, it's, it's and you're just like, that's why he's called courage. That's why he's courage because of her. He's the goat. He's my goat. And you just fucking start lying down and weeping. <laughs> You know? And then it's like oh. after the emo- the emotional like you think oh that's the epi- the episode ending it's like no we got one more and it's sort of more of introspective I always do this ep- I always do this episode as like just a like view of the series as a whole and just making sure <laughs> perfect is just like a good message the commentary on everything really the creation of media. The artistic exp- 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 expression, living one's life, you can take a lot of stuff from Perfect. You know that fucking that fucking Barracuda is the realest motherfucker in the world. Excuse you, he's a Pike. Thank you. Oh, sorry, my fault, man. Yeah, don't he'd fucking. He'd be cool with that. He he'd be cool with me making this. Like he'd tell me that what was right, and I'd apologize, and he'd be like, "It's all right, man." Yeah, get the proper species of the fucking bathtub fish. The bat, the fucking dead bathtub fish, just. I that that quote that he says, is uh, it it's it sits right right, right alongside, uh, the quote from the Hogfather about believing in things. As one of my favorite quotes in anything ever. Do you know about oh, that? Uh. I was gonna say, I was gonna look up the quote again because I just I forgot I forgot all of it so. Oh, from Hogfather or the perfect. The perfect, b- both quotes. The, I, 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 I'll get the hog. The I'll get the Hogfather one. Okay, there we go. I found it. Um, the Hogfather one, but you could you we can go over the. The perfect one, if you found it already. Just yeah, no, just. There is no such thing as perfect. You're as beautiful as you are, courage. With all your imperfections, you can do anything. Yeah, right. Like it's yeah, it's so genuine. Motivational speakers that are in the world wish they could have the the finesse of a dead fish in a bathtub. Literally saying like, it's okay to not be perfect, as it's what you are that makes you you. And we get and we get those cuts of Muriel and Eustace doing their own things, their own imperfect ways. But it's like it's cute, fine. And then with courage, and then just having and just having that be that. That's how courage wins is just by being himself. 
Yeah, and also that the perfect lady, unlike every other monster, is just in his head. She never existed. It was just Courage's own insecurities. Yeah, that that's what makes it. There's not even a scare for it. It's this. I mean, God, that's I mean, that's listen, the worst. With the... let's let, let's be real. The the fucking nightmare fetus thing about not being perfect okay, is no. scary. Okay, no, yeah, the the weird nightmare. No, yeah, you're right. The weird night, the weirdly specific different art style nightmares are like creepy. They're scary, but it means more. I mean, more into like just the nightmares you get from stress about like everything. Yeah, anxiety nightmares. It's a real episode. A lot of episodes get kind of real, but that's like a whole just real one. Yeah, the so the quote I'm talking about from the Hogfather is it's between death and his granddaughter. Susan, and she asks him about why even bother saving, like, Santa Claus and the Hogfather, like, all this, like, you know, the belief stuff, and he, and Death says, humans need fantasy to be human, to be the place where the falling angel meets the rising ape, and she says, tooth fairies, Hogfathers, little, little gods, he's like, yes, you need to believe as though in those is practice. You have to start start out learning to believe in the little lies. So you can believe in the big ones. Yes. The big lies. Like justice. Mercy. Duty. That sort of thing. Take the entire universe and grind it to the finest powder and sieve it through the finest sieve and then show me one atom of justice one molecule of mercy and yet and yet you act as if there is some ideal order in the world as if there is some rightness in the universe by which it may be judged and then she says yes but people have to got to believe that or what's the point my point exactly you need to believe in things that aren't true how else will they become Damn. Terry Pratchett is uh, the fucking goat. Like, that's sort of, it's just sort of a caveat. That's just a really good way of, like, ending off on, like, a believe in yourself, but also being real about, like, yeah, a lot of things that shouldn't be believed in are believed in. That's why they have a strong pigeonhole and are still around. Yeah, but how else are they ever going to exist if you don't? believe in them and make them a reality I mean it's like good and bad is what I mean to say like yeah all you can do is believe in the good mm-hmm otherwise it can never exist damn yeah that's good it's a good quote damn yeah silly guys really do be be making the world spin silly guys do be making the world spin um, so to end this off, we also watched the final Courage thing to ever come out, which was, straight out of nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. This was just fun and to... cute. It was fun. It was fun and cute. Like, obviously, okay, so they don't, I didn't do any crossover thing, but I don't think they got any of, like, the OG OG writers. Did they get anyone from that you noticed? At uh, John all? R. Dilworth is not involved in this. This is purely a Scooby Doo thing in terms. It was of... a Scooby Doo thing with Courage characters, but for that, but, but with, with that in mind, they really did like try their best to like capture it. 
capture it. Uh, art style wise, the Nowhere characters look like they, be they belonged in Nowhere pretty well. Um, there's some like weirder joke and delivery things where it's like they kind of over explain a joke. You really kind of feel that like TVY7 rating, which is fair. But then there's the moments where it's like, oh yeah, this feels like a courage bit where it just has like a dumb non sequitur that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then no, and it doesn't get brought up again. It's like, yeah, that's a courage bit. It does a lot of like, it does a great job of fucking balancing the tones of the two shows. Like, it has the pseudo-realism of the Scooby show, but also the, like, absolute absurd cartooniness of the Courage show. You know? I feel, I feel like if they got John on, on for it, it would have been a lot crazier. It would have. But it's it's just nice that this exists, and it's actually, like, good. You know? It wasn't, like, terrible. It could have been, like, really bad, especially because John wasn't involved, you know? It's also very nice as, like, Thea uh, White's last perform, like, last, like, posthumous performance before passing away, and then, like, one of her last lines just being, just commemorating, and, 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 and just saying, like, I love you, Cur not something like that, but, like, I, I've ever, like just, like, that, that kind of just, like, being nice to, oh, sweet doggy, to Courage. Yeah, also, like... Like... There's some seeing just seeing some of these characters like interact is like wholesome. Like that, yeah, that, that stuff. That's the word for it. That, that stuff with Muriel and Velma with the riddles is cute. Yeah, because we never really. That's the thing too. Is like there are th there are things we don't really see in Energy Courage, so we don't see like we don't see back and forth dialogue in Courage, or if we do, it's like. It's not Scooby Doo style, like, like uh, 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 here mystery gang. Shaggy is scared. Quip about Shaggy being scared, and then Scooby says something. We don't see that in, in Courage at all. We see like one off line, non sequitur into into something silly and random. Thing gets explained, and then just rinse and repeat that, and then we have to solve it, and then just some funny ending with 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 the singer being Eustace got fucked over somehow. I do like that. Even Scooby and Shaggy cannot understand what the fuck Courage is saying. That's just, like like that was just funny to me. I thought they were gonna play. Go, oh yeah, they're dogs, so they know each other. No, Courage is just stammering. I wish, yeah, yeah, I'm glad they kept in, like, the, the Courage, just, like, oh, what's that game called? Oh, God. The, 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 no, the Courage Charadesing. Oh, yeah, the Pantomime. The pa yeah, the Pantomime, but he just literally turns into the object because he's a cartoon. Yeah, turns into the things, and they're like, like, I don't get what you're saying, little pink dude, but I get your vibes. <laughs> The, also, yeah, I was gonna say, going back to that, the fact that these two pieces of, of media crossed over, like, in 2021... Yeah, right? It should have been so much shorter! And the movie just, like, shows how, like, how, how it fits so well. Because obviously we have Shaggy, Scoob, and Courage being, like, afraid of everything, but then we have both, like, you ever, like, can't, like, pieces of, like, both pieces of media have, like, their designated, like, iconic vehicle with... 
the truck and the mystery machine. Yeah. Uh, they have, like... I guess they're sort of pa- pair-offs of sorts, because, like... Whenever there's, like, like whatever occurs is, like, with somebody, it's usually, like, him and Eustace, like, begrudgingly. And then the, that playing off with Shaggy and Scooby being, like, just, you know, a tandem unit, whereas Eustace is just always being a grump. Obviously, the... the all three of them falling for the Ooga Booga Booga. Mm-hmm. It's 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 too easy to not put in there. Too easy. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what else. The fact that like the weird meta joke of the mystery gang in the context of Courage the Cowardly Dog are hippie teenagers to to Eustace because he's old, but in, in modernity that's just like yeah, that's not how teens dress anymore. And that's not how old people talk anymore. But also in in the sphere of that is two thousand and two or nowhere. Yeah, they just captured that pretty well. Like they, like, it didn't feel like the only like new thing was just the smartphones, and they just played it as a joke too. Oh yeah, the the, the gag of it just going into his pocket with a with a out to lunch sign. That's a courage. That's, uh, that is that, a, there are some genuine things in this that are fucking hilarious. Like when there's that that scene of the, the signal going out calling a bunch of people and it calls the clown from earlier and it goes, listen, if this is about the tiny car rental. Oh, that, yeah, that, 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 the, the clown gag is just good, too. I'm just like... Easy come, easy go. <laughs> it's a family crisis. No, I totally understand. You, you take all your time you need. And then he just fucks off, just with, fucks the, off with the money. <laughs> like, that's, that's good. That's funny. That's a good bit. I will say this because I'm an imaginative fellow. I thought because I thought because of the the way they were setting up, like, oh yeah, there's a big bad and the unstable dark matter. You can laugh at me for this, but I thought we were gonna actually get a like a fusion reborn situation going on. That the dark matter was gonna turn into the courage, the cowardly dog equivalent of Janemba. Well, yeah, and then. That Scooby and Courage would fuse into one being, to one super dog, into one super god dog. Courage and do, and, Courage do, and then and then do fucking Stardust Breaker. Yeah, Rouge and Raw. Come on, that'd be sick. You know that'd be sick. <laughs> sure. You're imagining it and you think it's goofy, but then it happens. It plays the music and they're doing the pose and they have the jacket. Sure, man. Sure. If you if I, if nobody got me, I know John got me. I'm sure he's listening and thinks that'd be the coolest shit ever. God, I would love to meet John. I would love to give John a fish. Oh, okay. I was like, what? And then I remembered. Don't don't. don't you know what? No, don't explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it. That's a, that's a joke for me and you. And me and you only. Oh man. But yeah, that's uh that's courage. Still holds up, still one of the best shows of that era. It's I think I think the reason it holds up is just I don't wanna like start doing numbers of like, oh it's better this show but not this one. But the reason it like holds on its own is the fact that it's just so different. It's there was nothing like it at the time. That didn't know like that this uncommon voice cast they were like guest characters references to like all sorts of media 
this sort of breaking new ground of having a horror comedy show for kids, for like like family friendly, but like in a way that was not as malicious as say like you know Tales of the Crypt, which is just like oh yeah, or Goosebumps, where it's like oh bad things happen, it's so scary, but ah uh, it's all a dream. But this is like no, it's real. But if you have a little bit of courage, it's all that matters because as the special said. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the standing up to it despite having all of it in the world and pushing onward. Yep. Courage is a little pink dog who loves his family and does things for love. The things I do for love. The things I do for love. The things I do for lesbians. The things I do for for lesbians. Uh, Anyway, so that's the show. Uh, If you enjoyed it, rate and review five stars whatever uh if you want to get in touch with us you can uh, message us on twitter at at ink podcasts that's i-n-c-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s you can also email us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com that's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com and you can also message us or send an ask on tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com that's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. And if they want to find us individually, Jank, where they can, can they find you? The site that formerly used to be the Bird app that is now the third to last letter of the alphabet is no longer valid to me for lots of reasons. So I'm going to jump to Blue Sky instead, where you could find me at jankjunkjpeg, uh, bluesky.social. I post there infrequently. That's just a place to find me and connect to me. I'm a little more active on my Tumblr, JankMyRoid. It's Jank-My-Roid. And I suppose my Twitch channel, which is still on hiatus, but hey, there's some funny clips there. It's scary season. There's a clip of me screaming. You'll see why. Yeah, I'm also not using the site formerly known as Twitter much anymore. So mainly you can find me over on Tumblr at kaiju-emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U-T... K-A-I-J-U-E-M-P-E-R-O-R at Tumblr.com. And I'm also thinking about moving over to Blue Sky. I just have not bothered to do it yet because I'm lazy. But I will. Um, As for next time, uh, we will hopefully be talking about the original 1999, not the the reboot, of Digimon Adventure. Yeah, cue, cue butterfly. Fucking cue butterfly. God. Fucking that soundtrack. Oh, man. That guitar riff will never be old. It, and, and the fucking Braveheart, when Braveheart kicks in. When Braveheart kicks in, you see that Digivice rumble. Shit gets it's, yeah, it's over. I, I the only other Digimon song that's like on the level that level for me is fucking Biggest Dreamer. Cause fucking God. I was gonna say, uh, uh, what's it? Burn up. Uh, not burn up. Uh, beat hit. Oh yeah, beat hit's good. For for for, for Imperial Imperial Dramon. Yeah, but we'll get more into that next time. Look forward to it. Have a happy spooky month, everybody. Don't be a jackass. We'll see you next time. Bye. Don't be a jackass, O'Lantern.